The idea that you're going to come to downtown and drive as fast as you like with no traffic at all is completely delusional. It's not because of the bike lanes. It's because there's a bunch of people driving in cars one at a time. Our future is multimodal. I really believe that if anyone thinks that road diets are the cure-all, I think you're delusional. And I don't care whether you have a road diet, you don't have a road diet, it's the mentality of the driver that you need to change. I would actually urge the coalition to just reject this motion outright. It actually presents a false equivalency. It's kind of like global warming. The first road diets in Los Angeles were installed in 1980. There is long-established research that speaks to their benefits. I think it's really disingenuous in general to present this as some sort of, they have an opinion, they have an opinion. safety and pedestrian safety and traffic safety. And what we're learning is that when road diets have been installed on major roads, highways, four lanes, six lanes, etc., they do more harm than good. We did have a video that didn't come through, but uh, last month I was sitting out at a restaurant on Venice Boulevard in Mar Vista and watched an ambulance and a fire engine take about four minutes to go four blocks. And it's because of the way the road diet has been configured on Venice Boulevard. Cars are not able to pull out of the way. Drivers are not able to get out of the way. Uh, and so a trip that should have taken about 30 seconds ultimately took about five minutes. And they're trying to get to this guy. Now, as a motorcyclist, that could just as easily have been a bicyclist. Last year during Oak Creek, and Latuna fires in the Summit Tahunga neighborhood. A road diet on the main means of ingress and egress, which is Clicko Boulevard. It's really the only way that those people have to get out during fire. And a fire, the next one is not a matter of dead foot money. The road diet on Clicko Boulevard, again, because of the physical barriers that are placed, they call them protective bike lanes. But because of the physical barriers, emergency equipment couldn't get through. And more importantly, people couldn't get out. I talked to a resident who said it took her three hours to get to her son. Imagine that's your thing. Downtown, uh, we also have another video. Uh, Spring Street, the way it's been configured, if there's any traffic on Spring Street, the emergency vehicles can't get through, period. It's not even rush hour on the station, this is a Saturday afternoon. And the way we have, they've uh, configured this particular road diet, if you're having a heart attack, I wish you luck. It's the physical barriers on main streets that are the problem. We are all for bike bikes. I own a bike, I ride a bike, I love my bike. I live in Santa Monica. There are roads all over Santa Monica that would be awesome bike lanes. Santa Monica was largely developed during World War II. The residential streets in Santa Monica are wide enough to drive two tanks past each other. And these are streets that often have less than a thousand cars a day. Why are we not targeting those streets? Which, by the way, are lovely to ride your bike down. They're leafy, they're residential, the neighbors would love it. Everybody wins. Why are we doing it on Wilshire Boulevard? Where it impedes emergency response. Where it creates gridlock, where it's making emissions worse. Did you know that LA in the last three or four years has had 1980s level smog again? This is at a time when our manufacturing base is collapsing. It's not like we're building a bunch of factories. 
So we have the worst traffic on the face of the earth. And that's according to ICTAR, which is the uh, international agency that evaluates traffic. That's why we have smog. So road diets create physical barriers on roadways, and as demonstrated, they often impede emergency responders. This is kind of an important chart. Mayor Garcetti announced the beginning of Vision Zero, which is when these major road diet programs started in August of 2015, ironically, on the same stretch of Venice Boulevard where I saw that ambulance. Well, in the first full years, you'll see, after about 15 years of consistency, pedestrian fatalities spiked by almost 50%. The next year, they spiked again. They've almost doubled at this point. And I just heard on the radio yesterday that 105 pedestrians have been killed so far this year. So it obviously ain't working. A lot of these road diets are also probably illegal. The International Fire Code is a model fire code that cities, states, and counties adopt. It's basically universal throughout the country. Every two years, the IFC gets together. It's the best and brightest in firefighting and emergency response, and they come up with modifications. Well, interestingly, back in 2015, they added provisions that specifically prohibit what they call traffic calling devices, section 503.4.1. It's in the state code, the LA County Code Ordinances, and the City of Los Angeles Municipal Code. That language is identical. I didn't put the language up here because I didn't want us to go deep into the weeds, but you can look it up for yourselves. Um, there are also very serious issues with the Americans with Disabilities Act. When you have parking spaces that are flush against uh, lanes of traffic, well, it's difficult for an able-bodied person to get out. I don't feel safe getting out of my car on this boulevard. Now imagine if you're disabled, not even necessarily wheelchair bound. Let's say you have an autoimmune issue that flares up, and when you get out of your car, you need to use a little space. Well, guess what? You are basically prohibited from using that stretch of Venice Boulevard. That's a civil rights violation, too. It's a constitutional violation, not to mention a violation of federal law. In 1998, the California Court of Appeals decided City of Long Beach versus City of Hawaiian Gardens said that a city or community that has a regionally significant road, i.e. a four-lane highway that connects multiple neighborhoods, cannot change it because it has impacts on adjoining communities. So the city of Culver City can't change Venice Boulevard because it's going to affect Mar Vista. It's going to affect other, other communities. That's still good law. Venice Boulevard, Berlina, the former one applied in Del Rey, all of them violate that, that ruling as well. The key phrase is fire apparatus access road. State, county, local, and IFC define the fire apparatus access road as any road, public, private, alleyway, a parking lane, that the fire apparatus may use to get from the station to the scene. Basically, fire apparatus access road means upward. We are restricting access all over the city. And again, there's a better way to do it. That's our position. We want bike lanes. We want them all over the place. I would love to be able to ride my bike from my home in Santa Monica to Westwood. I don't feel safe doing it on Wilshire even with bike lanes. And there are dozens of, lanes, of, of streets where these things would make sense and would not affect emergency response, would not endanger lives, would not create situations where more pedestrians are being killed. And by the way, overall accidents in the last two and a half years are up by about 10%. And that's according to CHP. So, 
I will turn it over to Lydia, who um, is going to talk about specific impacts in uh, different neighborhoods. So many of you in the neighbor council leaders know me. Um, I'm Lydia Grant. I'm on Sunland Tahunga's Neighborhood Council. And this issue got brought to my attention when they put in a road diet in my community. We recently had, I mean, over the last few years, we've had the station fire, the creek fire, the latoon fire, uh, the sand fire. And we don't, we live in the city of Los Angeles. There's many areas of the city of Los Angeles that fire is a danger. The canyons, Beverly Glen, Laurel Canyon, Mount Washington, evacuations from the beach if there's a tsunami, which doesn't sound like that's going to happen, but you know what? Nobody thought all those people would die in paradise either. The fact is we have to be responsible and step up to protect the people of the city. In my community, when we had the fires recently, or last year, we were evacuated. I was evacuated. My house was on evacuation three times. They took 11 lanes of evacuation. The 210 Freeway, Latuna Canyon Boulevard, Sunland Boulevard, and Foothill. And they shut them all down except for one lane. Then the schools called and said, you've got to come pick up your kids or they're going to be bussed out because they evacuated all of our schools. They had to bring in the police on motorcycles to try to get the emergency vehicles in because we were losing structures. We were losing property and they were trying to do fire protection and couldn't get in. I don't want this to happen to any community. Recently, Chatsworth, North Hills, the, the, the San Fernando Valley, the, the West End of San Fernando Valley, have these fears. We have to not allow people to make decisions for us. As neighborhood councils, they are violating the city charter by not including us in these conversations. They're not going to the neighborhood council and saying, work with us, let's design something that works for your community. In my community, they shut us off. And when my neighborhood council took a stand, and went to the city and said, here's our motion, take this out. They not only told us no, but when our senator went to our councilwoman and said, this needs to be removed, please let's have this conversation, he was blown off. We still have one lane of evacuation if they shut down all the same roads that they did before. In fact, Latuna Canyon, which is one of the roads that the fire had jumped and jumped, that was where the Latuna fire started, Two months ago or a month ago, they just road dieted it down to one lane too. I'm, I ride bikes recreation when I can. I'm disabled, so I only have the ability to walk and ride part of the time. But when I go down to Venice and I can't get out of my car because I'm right on the line in the lane of traffic, that's not okay. And just for information, they did that road diet to put in one handicapped parking space. This is things that are happening to us, to the people in our communities. And with the laws being broken, we're just asking, they need to stop it, they need to readdress it, they need to include the communities, and they need to make the right decisions. Because what they're doing now is against the law, it's against the city charter, and it's against the whole purpose of neighborhood councils, which is the right to be the voice in our communities for what's going on. So, um, I don't know who, uh, Chris, can you read the motion? Or let Kit Terrence do you want to read? The agenda. The complete motion is on the agenda. Yeah, it's on the website. Okay. So 
I wanted to add just one more thing that I forgot to mention. Um, I'm, I'm writing about this issue for a variety of outlets, including the Wall Street Journal. It'll be an article in a couple weeks, an op-ed. Um, I've talked to scores of firefighters, cops, paramedics, all over the city. I've yet to talk to one that was even moderately supportive of these rare diets, again, on major arteries. I really need to emphasize that. We're not talking about secondary wounds. We're not talking about bike paths. We're just talking about Wilshire Freeman Boulevard, right? Venice Boulevard is an identified tsunami evacuation. What happens when we need to get out? So that's what we're talking about. I guess I'll go ahead and read the motion. We can, you know, that's good. We already know. We're going to do questions from the public and then also get some comments. We'll let Terry take over. I just wanted to add that I am on the neighborhood council. I'm sorry, it's on the neighborhood council. We'll start here at the beginning and we'll move. Okay. As I get back to you guys, so. All right. Questions, sir? Uh, hello, I would just like to make a comment on this presentation and also in relation to the motion. Um, I live in Silver Lake and actually my home is on Rowena Avenue, which is one of the roads that had this uh, so-called imposed road diet put onto it. Actually, that was supported by a large portion of the community after a long process of public comment through the Silver Lake Neighborhood Council and through um, the Urban Design and Planning Committee. It had been going on for years, but it was put in place after somebody was killed on the street. Killed on the street because when you have four lanes of traffic, um, those <clears throat> two lanes on each side uh, can actually be uh, visual obstructions, especially at night if somebody was crossing the street because LA DOT has not put in uh, requisite um, crosswalks you know, that would help people cross the street. Yoga studios, two retirement homes, uh, an elementary school, and uh, a daycare on this street, right, where they reduce the number of lanes. And I've watched it all hours of the day and night, and the street moves great. Traffic's flowing pretty freely. Now, what I think this is about is uh, there, there are some pretty radical people out there who want to actually, and this is a proposal that people are talking about Silver Lake. They want to pull out the parking, and they want to put four lanes of traffic across the street and just, boom, turn into a commuter throughway. Now, <clears throat> I understand this woman here is upset a little bit about some uh, evacuation routes in her area. Well, you know what? Uh, what we're talking about today, and, and this is critical, I think everybody needs to understand this. We're talking about a blanket policy that is going to apply in this motion to every single neighborhood council in the city. Is it right for every single area to have a policy imposed on it? I don't think that's right. Um, and, and, and let me say this. Um, oh, please don't do that. Let's be respectful to everybody, and please don't do that. No name calling and none of that. Please. I'm, 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 I'm frankly disturbed by the nature of the motion. Now, now the way it's worded, it's so word, worded so generally, not specifically, but so extremely generally, that it could actually apply. See, the wording is, quote, traffic calming modifications to highways, roads, and streets within the city of Los Angeles. They want to stop that. What else is that going to stop? I think it's going to stop things like speed bump installations. It's going to stop things like waste traffic mitigation. It's going to stop things like crosswalk installations. Things that have been identified by LA DOT that actually mitigate traffic. Right? So, so we pass a blanket amendment here today, 
And boom. <clears throat> what happens to the people who want speed bumps on their, on their roads? I, I don't know. What happens to people who want to address ways cut for traffic? I don't know. I think it is ceding control of local neighborhood councils to a blanket rule that applies across the city. I think, I think it's, it's a trap. Once this is passed, neighborhood councils will not have the option available to them because of this policy to actually go and make the decisions that apply to their own community and are in the community's best interest. And I believe that the best interest of our particular neighborhoods is to have this road in front of my home to stay the way it is. Fortunately, with a road diet that promotes safety for my kid when I walk into school. Thank you. Hi, I was just wondering, I, I see your presentation, I respect your presentation, but I'm wondering why there wasn't a balanced uh, opposing presentation, for instance, mapping all the percentage of, of uh, protected bike lanes in the city and looking at alternate ways that emergency vehicles could access a given uh, accident. Israel have this problem, and then it solved it by using motorcycle motorcycles that access people emergency response teams, and they access um, an incident, and then they wait for backup to come come get them. So I'm just wondering why there wasn't a balanced presentation. You're, you're slammed one way. Where's the other? Where's the other thing? And as far as closing down roads and opening up more lanes, you're inviting more traffic. So. We'll work our way. So, my name is Glenn Bailey. Hang on a second. Everybody will get a chance to speak. It's just, I got to work my way through. Is that okay? All right. So, my name is Glenn Bailey, and I wear a couple hats, but today I'll wear the hat of being president of the Northridge East. Neighborhood Council, and which uh, within our boundaries we have one of the largest universities in, in the state, Cal State University Northridge. Um, we have gotten uh, projects installed. Some of you know about the protected bike lanes on Reseda Boulevard. You know, some of the folks are not happy that the boulevard doesn't move at 60 miles an hour, but. You know, if you want to move 60 miles an hour, get on the freeway at certain hours of the day, obviously not at all the time. Um, but the local businesses like it, the local residents like it, and yes, there are some parking spaces that maybe are not next to the curb as they used to be, but there is such a thing as parking lots. You don't need to park on the street if you're uncomfortable uh, parking in that reconfigured area. We've been trying to expand the bicycle network, just as one example. We've been trying for years to get the east side of campus to extend existing bike lane and we've not been able to get the city to make a one mile extension that would be that would really help and we really do need traffic calming there because we have two high schools we have three churches we have of course the university students and they're drag they just increased the speed limit uh, from the 35 miles an hour um, previously to 40 and now we just got notice there it's being increased to 45 again directly adjacent to these schools just a minute let me finish um, so and what we have gotten installed with some uh, uh, 
sheltered uh, crosswalk in the middle of some of these major streets, so people crossing the street have a have a protected area with foliage, that sort of thing, and cement that if they because there's no signals there. So here's the bottom line, in my opinion. First of all, the presentation length should um, have balanced presentation. It should not have special interest groups coming in without having when there's known other organizations that uh, have different points of view, especially when there's installations that are working in other neighborhoods. Um, I just want to address that right now. We did invite LADOT. They never responded. So if there's a problem with that. So we have a private advocacy group here taking one position. Why didn't we invite private advocacy groups taking other positions? There's a lot of them out there. Would you like to come next month? Yeah. All right. Somebody email me. Whoever, who's ever. Is there somebody my in charge? My card's right up there on the, on the front. Why don't you let them let them speak now? Let what, them speak. Uh, well, what? Why are we doing it in two different sets? Let, let them speak let, now. I was going to have them all speak, but you've been taking up their time. I'm not taking up their time because you're moving the microphone around. Yeah. If you had a balanced presentation, we could have commented after the after okay. the presentation. Well, thank you. Go on. Well. Oh, I'm sorry. Mine will be very quick. Um, this is a question regarding emergency exits. During that period, the street belongs to nobody. You just get out. It doesn't matter which way you go. If you get out, you go down the whole street. So no, it has nothing to do with road diets. Thank you. We didn't have all of our lanes because of Wait, wait, wait. This diet. is improper. Didn't we say we're going all the way around? I'm working my way on this way. No, but no I'm working okay. this way. Exactly. I, just I have nap time. So Mark, maybe you should, I think, no one would mind if you went now. Okay, my name is Jennifer Nutting. I served three terms on the Eagle Rock Neighborhood Council. I've been an LAUSD teacher for 20 years, which I witnessed many a student getting run over from rolling right-hand stops, um, which come from always the street without the bike lane, the other way the street with the bike lane, that never happens. Um, I also own a bicycle tour company in downtown LA, just for uh, full disclosure. And I just want to address um, what you guys said. Uh, you said that you're on the side of the cyclist, but your definition of these five bullet points pretty much covers every single street in Los Angeles. Regionally significant streets and highways. Who gets to decide that? Pretty much anybody. You know, if your list of streets that you want road diets taken from is pretty much every street. Also, the picture that you showed of the fire emergency showed a truck parked in a protected bike lane, which shows the protected bike lanes can be used for fire trucks. A truck. They had an emergency vehicle parked in a protected bike lane in the picture they showed. I also want to say that the um, data you showed caused, you know, Correlation is not causation. If you study specific road diets, you find the exact opposite is true. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I'm also an attorney, and uh, I'm sure you share the appreciation that definitions and terminology are really important. And when you say road diet, I don't think you understand what that term means. Uh, road diet refers to a reconfiguration of the road space to influence um, safety and speed of vehicles. 
And that doesn't automatically mean physical barriers. It can be done with pain. Um, and there are a variety of things. I think there's a lot of things that are left out of the presentation that create um, false impressions. And I want to make sure people realize there's a whole lot of misleading and misinformation that has been presented in this. I also want to add that as someone who has lived in Los Angeles for over 20 years, but has also visited a lot of the other cities and primarily chooses to use a bike for transportation here and elsewhere, we are, as a city, far behind lots of other cities um, in terms of making it safe and accessible. And the problems you raise about emissions, um, that is not caused by bicycles and pedestrians. It's caused by cars. Can I go so I can take him home? Yeah, otherwise, we're going to have everybody crying. Thank you all for taking an opportunity to let me talk just before the kid uh, gets too upset. And San Francisco, actually, SFMTA and uh, other neighborhood councils actually have policy that people with children speak first, uh, which might be something to think about in the future. Uh, but real quick, me and my son Silas, who turns two tomorrow, um, I'd really like to make sure I see his third birthday. We cross Temple Street every day. We take the bus on Temple Street. In fact, when I leave here, we're going to go get on the 10 right now, and we're going to also take Temple Street home. Uh, that's a street that has been supportive of the road diets from the neighborhood council, both Rampart as well as Silver Lake Neighborhood Council. I've been to the meetings. Uh, I cross it every day. I've almost been hit multiple times by people that travel in 40 miles an hour, and they don't even see the red light. Uh, while, you know, I've got this guy on my shoulders. And I think it's, um, it's really sad, and it makes me really upset to know that there are individuals who live in Los Angeles who, frankly, just don't care about the safety of me or the safety of my child, uh, and instead want to focus on traveling at 45, 50 miles an hour down surface streets in communities and in neighborhoods. Um, and I think that that's really sad to hear. Um, and many of these individuals, I just want to be clear, you know, think that they can just go in the car as fast as they can and continue to drive on that street, and then because they're passing through someone else's community. Uh, they live in higher income communities, such as Santa Monica, as uh, Mr. Russo said he lives in, and then they drive through low income communities. Uh, and they just gun it right through there without any concern around the individuals who can't afford a car, who may be on the streets walking and biking. You're going down Manchester, you're going down Venice, you're going down streets where people live uh, and people try and do their business day to day. So I just want to emotionally express that. And then I just want to make sure we cover up the record here. Mr. Russo stated that 503.4 of the Cal Fire Code prohibits traffic calming devices. That is not true. That is not the language. The language says traffic calming devices shall be prohibited unless approved by the fire code official. As you remember, he stated they're prohibited and they're breaking the law, except for the fact that LADOT has gotten permission from the fire code official to install them. There are many things that are prohibited unless approved by the fire code official. So he's being dishonest when he stated that. That was just the very first point that he had on his comment. So I just want to point out that right there was a lie, as well as everything following likely. And then lastly, since we're talking about emergency access, a uh, 2015 article from Governing Magazine, not anything lefty, not anything pro-white. Governing Magazine is a magazine designed to discuss elected officials. In 1980, the nation's 30,000 fire departments responded to 10.8 million emergency calls. Three million were classified as fires. By 2013, the total calls had nearly tripled to 31.6 million. So 31.6 million 911 calls to fire departments. Of those, Fires represented 1.24 million, of which only 500,000 were actual structure fires. The majority of calls that fire departments, that ambulances and EMTs respond to, 
are injuries caused by traffic collisions. They're caused by speed. They're caused by people driving unsafely, by hitting people walking and biking. So if we want to make sure that we're improving the response times, we can do that by improving the safety of our streets so we're not making our ambulances and fire departments waste their time driving out to hundreds and hundreds of people being injured while on the streets. And instead, we can make sure they have the ability to get to fires and focus on fires by reducing the chances of collisions. That's my comment. I know um, I took a lot of time there, but I really appreciate it. This is something that's very important to me. I've had a friend who's been lost through traffic violence before. Um, I, Terrence, I just wanted to yeah, draw attention to, we have a sign-in sheet that you can have for our ninth representative, and for guests. We'd love you to fill it out, give us your name, phone number, address, any affiliation, so we can keep in touch with you. Hi everyone, I'm Deirdre Pfeiffer and I'm here with my son Max. Um, we are stakeholders in the Los Police and Silver Lake neighborhoods and I want to second the comments of the gentleman up at the front. Um, the, the Rowena Road Diet that bridges those two neighborhoods is working. I walk with my son every single day to school and we would not be walking to school without the Road Diet. I've lived there since 2009. It's made it safer for pedestrians, for um, drivers as well. I drive on the road every single day to take my daughter to preschool down the road. Um, so please don't pass a, a blanket measure against all road diets. This should be decided on a neighborhood-by-neighborhood neighborhood, uh, basis. In our Los Feliz Neighborhood Council, the Transportation Committee, committee recently wrote a letter um, in favor of preserving our neighborhood road diet. Thank you very much. I'm Bob Gelfan, Coastal San Pedro Neighborhood Council. I think that we are going to uh, move to postpone uh, consideration consideration of this motion until at least next month because we've agreed to hear from another Absolutely. private organization. I'll just point out that in San Pedro uh, there's some so-called road diets that I find more or less neutral. There's some that I find incredibly stupid um, and a big waste of space. And uh, the analogy, which is the fast track on the 110, my position is very clear in opposition. It is a tax on the people who live in the harbor area, and it's unfair. And that's the other point about these road diets, is that they are sometimes discriminatory against particular areas. So. Okay, we will begin, but I want to get public comment and everybody I said we get to speak. I want to predicate my remark by saying I grew up in a remote garden project, one of the more poor our neighborhoods in the city of Los Angeles in Boyle Heights. And growing up, my first mode of transportation was a swim varsity bicycle. And growing up in that neighborhood, I just ride my bike. It was also a good form of cross-training when I was running cross-country and track. <laughs> and in that time period, we were taught to share the roads. And what I feel that where this discussion is going, we are organizing ourselves into factions. There are the cyclist faction on one side that step passenger police, and there's also the motor vehicle faction sometimes that are step back where they're going. Now, just in CD14, Eagle Rock. Eagle Rock was a clear cut towards road ties. Tom Toppy, who used to own the Boulevard Center on newspaper, wrote about the issues. We had a councilman that did not give us a choice. We were told, however you felt, this was going to happen. 
when they looked at Figueroa, DOT did a study. They set out and said, what's the traffic flow of Figueroa? Well, it turned out their traffic study was very flawed, very biased. And that is one issue I can agree with Councilman Cedillo on, that he did not put a road diagram on Figueroa corridor. We have to practice the common sense here. A road diagram on Figueroa, it's just a road diagram on Marmion Way, it's a safer street. Okay, York Boulevard, Station 55, and York and Highland Park. You come right out of that station, it can be impacted. Okay, so what I'm saying here that in a sense, people were organizing themselves into factions and we're not listening to one another and not practicing common sense. Okay, let's look back at the view fire paradox. I'm going to say this real quick. 2008 grand jury investigation after the fire they had in Butte County recommended an increase of traffic flow for evacuations. What did the city of Paradise do? They put a road diet. Now they're trying to now the ramifications are coming true on that situation. Case by case study. Hi, good morning. Thank you, uh, esteemed members of the Neighborhood Empowerment Council. My name is Jesse Harris. I'm here as the organizing director of LA County Bicycle Coalition. We represent over 3,000 concerned cyclists and families, and we're deeply worried about this proposal to reverse uh, and abandon all of these proven road safety measures. The Federal Highway Administration has declared road reconfigurations like widened sidewalks and multimodal travel lanes essential to making our streets safer and more livable. I also want to highlight that when we talk about making our streets safer, we, we shouldn't be breaking into factions, right? This isn't pedestrians and cyclists versus motorists. But if you have a baby on board, you don't want someone barreling down the road at 45 to 60 miles an hour, right? I, I know we had a presentation from, uh, from Bridge Housing uh, and out of concern for uh, folks who have to use our streets as a place, as a, as a place for them to live. Right? When we talk about making roads safer, we're talking about them too. I spent very many years working with homeless young people, children and young people who are living on our streets, and it is not fair for our road configurations to disregard people who are, who are, who are using our streets, including drivers. Right? At some point, we have to park and get out of our cars. I know that there's a, a lot of concern here about, about traffic uh, movement, but when we talk about, and thank you for the people who have highlighted uh, Rowena road safety measures on roads like Venice Boulevard. Um, I urge everyone in this room to stand up for street safety and not to come to the manipulation and lies of people who want to prioritize single vehicle single single vehicle uh, passenger travel over uh, modes multimodal modes and uh, active transportation modes and public transportation modes. If we're worried about reducing if we're worried about reducing uh, natural disasters caused by climate change, then we absolutely have to encourage people to use other modes of transportation. If we're worried about protecting the people who uh, suffer from disabilities, who live with disabilities and use our streets, then we have to make our roads safer. If we're worried about children, if we're worried about ourselves, whether we're motorists, pedestrians, or cyclists, it is important that we, that we support safety measures that make our streets livable and navigable. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for taking the time. Right next Hi, my name is Ben Lee. I'm from Pasadena. Uh, I basically just want to stress that uh, the point of traffic calming and all of the configuration is for the safety of all road users. 
And so, again, I just want to reiterate those we've already spoken about that these measures are meant to protect those who are in their cars and outside their cars. And so, those who are trying to get into their cars, people talk about having trouble getting, you know, having cars speeding down while they're uh, trying to get in their cars. Uh, there's certain streets where you can configure it where the bike lane is now the buffer. And that now you only have to worry about just looking for a bicyclist versus looking out for cars speeding down 50 miles an hour or so. Um, so I just want to ask the council to seriously think about think about this very thoroughly because uh, we are talking, for those who are advocating for these road configurations, it is in the best interest of all drivers, non-drivers, people take, trying to get on the bus, trying to take the red line, purple line, and people who bike. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Dan, and I just wanted to make a quick comment about physical barriers. So the bollards that were in the photo in the presentation, they're actually meant to be run over by emergency vehicles. Yeah. It's definitely okay. doable. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Uh, actually, it's also perfect. But they can be. They so, can be run over. Yeah, that's the point. There's yeah, a reason why they're not car free. Okay, and I work here in Los Angeles, and it's, I just have three questions. Really. The first one is, where's the data? You know, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that we saw, but I didn't see any numbers. I mean, yeah, we saw that traffic accident. Over the time. Went up in that time, but I didn't really see any data besides that as it pertains to where that. Use the mic. <clears throat> yeah. Second question is um, how many people die in traffic collisions versus people who die in um, emergency situations that are unable to evacuate? I mean, let's just look at the sheer numbers. And the third question is can you get somebody from fire or emergency to go on record to say, what you've already mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, we'd love to see that. Thank you. Hi, my name is Adrian Hoff. I'm uh, a stakeholder resident within the Koreatown, uh, the, the, the uh, Wilshire Center Koreatown Neighborhood Council. Um, they're directly on Wilshire Boulevard where there's not a road diet. Um, my concern um, is like, I, I appreciate what you're saying about the lack of uh, being able to get out of your area. But it wouldn't be fair to to kill these projects citywide. Um, the needs of your community are different than the needs of my community. Uh, five years ago, I made the decision to get rid of my car as an able-bodied person so I could do what I can to have one less car on the road so I'm not poisoning the climate and I'm not creating this traffic issue and possibly create more problems and more deaths. So I, I get around by bicycle and by, by walking and by taking public transportation. And multiple times a week, I'm nearly struck by cars doing illegal, evasive maneuvers, um, speeding, so on and so forth. Um, and we don't hear about each individual traffic death. Like I, I, I personally have had somebody killed biking, biking and then another friend a year ago whose life is forever changed. He's permanently disabled after being hit while legally crossing at a crosswalk by a drunk driver who drove off. Um, and I, I, I worry, like, how long is this going to be before this happens to me or somebody else that I care about? 
Um, I mean, the numbers of traffic-related deaths are far higher than those who aren't able to evacuate. And they should all be considered. Every life is valuable. But we shouldn't have a citywide sweeping um, thing where all road diets are, are killed because we need to protect everybody. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Amelia Crotty, Executive Director of Los Angeles WAP. I want to say thank you for the opportunity to be here today to talk about this important issue. Thank you to all the advocates and activists and residents who came and made phenomenal points. I think that all the points have been made up to now. Um, and I look forward to being here next month to discuss the many tools available to solve this public health crisis. And this is a public health problem that often only gets discussed by transportation engineers and people who drive who think they know how to design streets. I have a public health background, and I encourage us to think of all of the ways that we can solve this problem. And it is a problem. 250 people were killed last year in traffic alone. Another 1,000 were left with life-altering injuries that they will deal with for the rest of their life. And that's not even to say that family members that are shattered and the communities that are shattered from those deaths and those severe injuries. We organize those families called Southern California Families for Safe Streets. We work with them day in and day out, and their lives are shattered. And it, it, who's to say who's the next among us that will be killed or hurt because of bad street design that we've been okay with here in Los Angeles for far too long? I look forward to being here next month. Thank you. <laughs> uh, my name is Colin Bogart. I'm the Education Director for the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition, and I want to echo virtually everything that Amelia just said about thanking people for coming out. Um, I want to start by saying the notion that not being able to evacuate because of road diets is completely out of touch with reality. In an emergency situation, whether there's a road diet or not, your roads are going to be gridlocked. We just had Thanksgiving. Every Thanksgiving, every single freaking road in the city is clogged because everybody's trying to get out of town. So when you have an emergency situation, if you really believe that a road diet was the reason the roads were clogged, you need to pull your head out because you are delusional. I'm not going to be as polite as the media, right? So the idea that Spring Street has traffic because of bike lanes that were put in there. I work on Spring Street. I've been working on Spring Street for 10 years. There was traffic on Spring Street before the bike lanes were ever put in. And if you come downtown and you drive and you expect there not to be congestion, you're an idiot. <laughs> What you should do is take transit down to downtown LA because then you can actually get around. The idea that you're going to come to downtown and drive as fast as you like with no traffic at all is completely delusional. Um, it's not because of the bike lanes. It's because there's a bunch of people driving in cars one at a time. If you're so concerned about congestion and the pollution that congestion causes, how about carpooling? How about taking the bus? How about taking transit? All of those are options. In fact, if you were paying attention, Measure M passed recently, and Metro and the cities all around LA County are, as quickly as they can, putting in a transit system. Because guess what? Our future is multimodal. Our future is multimodal. It means there's going to be people driving, there's going to be walking, there's going to be people taking transit. And the electric car and the autonomous vehicle is not going to save you. Because right now there's millions of people driving in cars one at a time, and if these autonomous vehicles come along, there's going to be millions of autonomous vehicles with people going one at a time. 
So it's not going to change the number of vehicles on the road. Figure it out. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm uh, Rick Corsini. Oh, you didn't have your hand up. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm Rick Corsini. I'm a, I'm a Silver Lake resident. Um, I'm an architect and an urban designer. Um, and I, uh, I live right up the street from Marina Avenue. Um, back uh, when the when the road diet was being uh, initiated uh, at the time, uh, attending those initial public meetings, I didn't know what a road diet was. Uh, we were trying to figure out what how to respond to a tragedy that happened on Marina Avenue, which I think everyone probably knows about. Um, and since then, since it was partially implemented, it's important to understand that what's there right now on Marina Avenue is only a partial implementation of a total road diet system. It did not really address a series of street improvements and lighting improvements that ordinarily would accompany a full road, road diet um, implementation. Um, I've, I've been on the, uh, and since that's been installed, um, the data has really been very conclusive about the increased safety for everyone involved, both pedestrians, uh, motorists, and cyclists. Um, it's unequivocal, and, the and it's consistent with data across the country. And in fact, it's, in it's consistent with data internationally, where these types of uh, 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 devices have been uh, implemented. So it's a, there's a very steep um, hill to climb for uh, uh, for anti-road diet um, advocates here. Um, there's, that mountain of data is something that really needs to be addressed very clearly and honestly. Uh, and especially if um, the neighborhood councils are uh, entertaining the idea of creating an anti-road diet or anti-street calming um, policy across the board, I think it would be a real um, uh, an egregious uh, a violation of their obligation to uh, represent um, the people of their uh, council of the uh, neighborhood councils and the citizens of this town. Hello, my name is John Kerr. I am a resident of Highland Park, but just living in LA. I live all over the city from Koreatown to over Hollywood and downtown. So I've gone around. Um, I have a couple of comments. One on the on the public, just on the personal front. I'm a bike commuter. Um, I live right off North Figueroa in Highland Park, and I commute, uh, I commute to my job at Universal with, uh, via the, partially via the Colorado Boulevard bike lanes. They are a lifesaver. Think about them going away, just that would, oh man, I would probably quit and <laughs> find a new job. Um, those, they are super wide. Uh, emergency vehicles can clearly get through in, in the case of a uh, serious evacuation or even if we wanted to have the roads parade, come on down to our Eagle Rock in Pasadena. Um, so I just really, really love those bike lanes, and it's just a shame that on Figueroa, um, right, right where I live, where I begin and end my day every day. I have to deal with speeding traffic since there is no bike facility. I'm so sorry. Can I step over? Um, so uh, anyway, go bike lanes. And I just want to point out one other thing about the presentation. As Mark pointed out, there were some factual inaccuracies about the illegality of bike lanes. Um, one of the things cited was City of Hawaiian Gardens versus City of Long Beach. In that case, the City of Long Beach actually closed down entirely access to Pioneer Boulevard. It was not just a road diet, it was an actual closing down, an entirely different case, an entirely different precedent, nothing to do with uh, road diets or safety, and again, 
this is a very disingenuous presentation, and I urge the, the uh, alliance to vote no on this motion, either today or next week. Thank you. Hi, I'm Siobhan Burke. Um, I'm an elected member of the Los Feliz Neighborhood Council, and I'm a member of the Transportation and Mobility Committee. Um, I just wanted to uh, call to attention, since our two representatives that have the ability to vote at these meetings are not available, um, so I wanted to state that our neighborhood council has been uh, vocally supportive of the Rowena Road Diet, and um, as well as in our um, transportation meetings that are open to the public, our walkabouts that we have hosted. I have personally never heard anybody speak against any type of traffic safety measure. We know that road diets save lives. They have reduced crashes um, by 19% according to this white paper that I'm reading. I'm sure there's many other uh, data points that other people can speak to. Um, active transportation choices. Uh, help reduce carbon emissions, uh, increase uh, you know the ability for kids to walk to school, bike to school, uh, get to work. Um, so it increases our uh, sorry, improves our health and reduces obesity rates. And um, secondarily, as a design professional um, for over 17 years, I'm a licensed architect and urban designer. Um, I would never design anything that was not uh, meeting any kind of safety criteria, and that is um, from a very balanced perspective, whether it's fire access, um, emergency access, or any type of egress issue. Thank you. Thanks. Um, uh, I'll try and be as brief as I can, um, since so many people spoke on so many points so eloquently. Um, my name is Mehmet Berker, I'm the Planning and Land Use Co-Chair for the Mid-City West Neighborhood Council. I've been on the Neighborhood Council for four years. Um, I have a couple of uh, comments for the future, I guess. Um, you know, shame on us, I guess, if we don't utilize length to our full extent, but, you know, we have a representative that also can't be here today. It's kind of hard on a Saturday, as I'm sure you're aware. And I also think for members of the public, we deal with this with our own meetings. We need to continually be letting people know what's going on. And since you guys aren't subject to the Brown Act, it's hard to have that expectation. So folks come up and want to speak. They don't know how long they get to speak. It seemed to be variable. So just a comment for, for later. And I appreciate how hard it is to run a meeting, since my meetings usually go till midnight. Um, I wanted to speak to a few things and specifically. One is I would actually urge the coalition to just reject this motion outright. Um, I'm, I'm fair enough to postpone it, but it actually presents a false equivalency. Um, it's kind of like global warming. There's decades of evidence. The first road diets in Los Angeles were installed in 1980, just so we're clear. Um, and it's, there is long-established research that speaks to their benefits. This is a paper, this is a literature review from the Federal Highway Administration from 2013. That speaks to their benefits. So I think it's really disingenuous in general to present this as some sort of they have an opinion, they have an opinion. Um, and so in my mind, I would just reject this outright. But a few things that I will state. Since we want to talk some specifics, there was a woman that mentioned talking about comparing the streets that have had them to not recently. There was a paper in 2016 where uh, five streets that had road diets were compared to a control group of streets that were similar. For the streets that had the roadway reconfigurations, they saw crash reduction factors of 32.4% in 
and injury crash reductions of 36.7% compared to 8% for the control streets. And this makes sense because road diets eliminate passing lanes where people make dangerous maneuvers. They create left turn pockets continually throughout a corridor. They give a pedestrian a shorter distance to cross when crossing the street. They make crossing the street in a car easier because you only have one lane of traffic to look at in each direction. Um, and um, and for, for those reasons and many others, they are a critical tool that traffic engineers can use to meet goals of in, improving street safety. So, um, and to the points that were made about the citations of the code, again, why I would just reject this motion is that it's very disingenuous and it cites sections of code that talk about completely shutting off a roadway, which is not what a road diet does under any circumstance. One thing that wasn't mentioned so far is that section 503.4 talks about, refers to section 503.2.1 which says that fire apparatus access roads shall have an unobstructed width of not less than 20 feet, which is two lanes. So it's, it's, not, it's not valid on the face. So um, for those reasons and more, I would urge uh, this council, this coalition, to just reject the motion outright. Um, it really worries me that um, people that say they're allies or people walking and biking are spending their time with these negative efforts rather than working on positive efforts. The last thing I'll say, and I'm sorry, I'm a talker, um, is our neighbor council worked with writing a grant with the city of LA for a metropolitan project, which we won. We won a $1.2 million grant, which we are using to build neighborhood greenway in our district on Rosewood and Formosa. So we're doing that work, and we invite whoever to come and help us get more money to do more of those projects. But that is different than having a negating, um, very allocky, spreading legislation around um, procedure. Thank you. Sorry. Question mark. Right. About, one over there, too. You've got a couple oh. people waiting up front here. All right. We got a couple more. Um, good morning, Reverend Ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jason Ackerman. I'm a board member of the Van Nuys Neighborhood Council. Um, I'm a non-driver. I do not own a car. I do not have a driver's license. I'm not a bicyclist, I'm actually a long forward skateboarder. <laughs> so, representing right here. Um, so, I have tremendous respect for, for Councilwoman Grant. I think she does tremendous work up in her area, and she knows her area very well, the logistics. And I, I feel okay that, that, you know, in a fire evacuation situation, um, the, like, the vast majority of routes out of her community were shut down, and that is not right. And I think that we that this is that this motion is a sledgehammer solution for a scalpel problem, and that the real problem with evacuations um, in the north in the North Valley and the fire belts of the San Fernando Valley really need to be dealt with um, as a policy level thing with Caltrans with DOT, um, and that and that there is so much more to road diets as a category of urban design. Than physical um, obstacles. There's others that was mentioned earlier. Paint. There's um, you know configurations of signs, statues. There's all sorts of ways of calming traffic. Um, so to put a blanket, you know, no a blanket moratorium on all these creative solutions that are helping to give pedestrians, um, bicyclists, people with wheelchairs, people with strollers, and people on skateboards a safe place to get from point A to point B in their community. I think that's extremely misguided. And 
I really hope we vote no on the proposal. Thank you. Hey there, uh, my name's John Means. I'm a resident of Crack uh, Park neighborhood. Um, I want to, in addition to supporting a lot of comments here about um, uh, voting no on this uh, referendum, I just also wanted to say I, I definitely sympathize with the presenter's concerns about environmental impacts of congestion and the ability of emergency vehicles to access accidents when they occur on the street. I um, also want to say we have a great tool for addressing both these things. Um, it's called Bus Rapid Transit, um, and uh, basically you can dedicate a whole uh, car lane shift for a bus. It takes a lot of people out of their cars, um, putting them into buses, um, and then when an emergency happens, there is a dedicated lane that emergency uh, vehicles can use to get to accidents um, where they occur. So uh, really excited. If you guys want to, you know, uh, swap contact info, happy to talk about how we can install these. Um, on Venice or Vermont or some of these other major thoroughfares where you have concerns about uh, emergency vehicles, uh, you know, reaching some accident. Uh, awesome. My name is Steve Twining. I'm the mobility chair for 13 neighborhood councils in the RAC system in the west side. Uh, I haven't heard anybody speak from the west side no, today. Um, we have people who are literally trapped in their homes because of the traffic. Sunset Boulevard to try to get from the west to the east after 2 o'clock in the afternoon is at least an hour. Uh, I'm all for, for bikes in the city. I think bikes belong on such things as the Expo Line bike corridor. I think that's an excellent place for bikes. Um, we have people who are very concerned about being trapped uh, in for fires, we were. I was evacuated as well. I live in the hill. Um, the West Side, Venice Boulevard. The councilman eliminated the or reduced the uh, bike lane. Same thing happened to councilman for Westwood Boulevard. Um, traffic. We are. We're dying in our traffic. I wish bicycles were the solution, but I'm afraid it isn't going to happen. Thank you. Not for you. Hi, I'm Sid Gold from Bernard Hills North Council. I'm a physician. And I have to say, not all diets are equal. Some are healthy for you, and some are unhealthy for you. And what I've heard today is. Uh, First, uh, I want to address the fact that somehow the uh, advocates for uh, road diets managed to come to this meeting, that they seem to have a number of the uh, other neighborhood councils. So I think that we're doing a good job in uh, getting information up so that both sides can part participate. Uh, I've heard very little from the other side, uh, aside from the presenters. So that, uh, most of it is. My feeling is uh, I agree with the. Representative Van Eyde, that um, 
we have to address uh, the issues of fire safety and uh, issues. The other issues, uh, I'm not, being up in Granada Hills, I was, uh, a few years ago, we had one road out, Balboa. Fortunately, we cut down that street, so uh, I didn't have to evacuate. But if the wind had changed directions, I would have had to evacuate. So I think that uh, if they decide to close uh, two uh, lanes on Balboa Boulevard, in the future for a bike lane, it might be uh, something that I might not be in favor of because although maybe uh, fewer people are uh, killed in the fires than on the road, then I think uh, as one of the commenters said that the lights uh, is very important and safety is very important. So I think the presenters uh, should rethink their uh, motion to uh, look at it and bring it back in a different form really you know, looking at red fire zones, these sorts of things where really uh, dangers exist and uh, uh, looking at other things. But the, I agree that it may go too far in, in their goals, but I agree with some of their suppositions. Good afternoon. I guess it is afternoon by now. I'm Nina Royal, and um, I'm a member of the Sunlanganga Neighborhood Council. I'm a stakeholder and was a safety chair for years. And um, I really believe that if anyone thinks that road diets are the cure-all, I think you're delusional, especially where I live. We have people, regardless of the road diet, will make U-turns from right-hand lane, across the lane, down. They'll use the middle lane that's supposed to be for left-hand turn lane for uh, passing because these people seem to be absolutely impatient. And the road diet does not cure it. Believe me, from where I live, I see it. I think that what we need to do is work on changing the behavior of the people. I don't think that anything that you do, road diet, whatever, is going to stop the, trans the transgressions that make people kill people. Because that's exactly what they're doing. They really don't give a rat whether or not they're speeding, they're inconveniencing, or anything else. I don't know exactly what the answer would be. Maybe more police officers. I know we have problems with pensions and all of that, but we need to do something to reach the drivers. And I don't care whether you have a road diet, you don't have a road diet, it's the mentality of the driver that we need to change. And I think we need to work on that more than we need to work on road diets. Um, can I go too? Yeah. Okay. Um, my name is David Hubersax, and I'm a driver. I also have a bike that has air in the tires, and I use it on because I'm blessed to live where, in the time that I've lived there, they put in uh, the LA River Bikeway, and we're near the Orange Line. Um, that's the sort of thing that's left. I, I grew up in a small little town surrounded by ash right now. Um, uh, the city of McGorrick Hills was founded, uh, as was West Lake Village, and Calabasas, because we didn't have local control. We were tired of coming downtown to be able to have our say. Um, we also have wonderful bike lanes. So I was um, when I had to work at Universal City and I couldn't drive, I was also a bike, uh, a bus rider when the buses ran. They only ran Monday through Friday. The only such a, I lived in a world before everyone was rich and had the housekeepers and nannies that supported the bus lines that kept the bus running those five days and eventually seven days a week. I'm here, and I'm glad everybody's here, so that we can all listen to each other and understand. Um, there's a lot of controversies, there's a lot of silliness that goes on here, 
people where I live moved there to get out of LA. Um, I got married, and what I do, I moved to Los Feliz. My wife lived there for a long time. Um, when she was walking to her um, uh, cancer radiation appointment at Kaiser Hollywood, um, she was able to go the one block, and then she bought a bike so that she could ride around afterwards. You know, in, in that summer, she rode on sidewalks. I was stupid enough to ride on Hollywood Boulevard. It's dangerous. We get that. LA is not built for bicycles. And everything we can do to try to do that and balance the overall needs and shift with other transportation is impossible. Somebody mentioned me Measure R, Measure M. Um, where I worked for a while, well, I, now I work in Western. I work at the busiest intersection in the world, and it takes me an hour to get from Balboa to the four or five is the busiest freeway interchange in the world. Um, it takes me, I spend about 10 hours coming to work each week. I spent three hours going from Westwood to downtown and back yesterday afternoon. Um, it's, it's hell. LA traffic is bad. If you can be, I've got a coworker who rides from Hunk with his bike and a trailer to Westwood, and he makes better time than I do. But he also got uh, nailed by somebody's uh, 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 rearview mirror, too. So it's, we know it's dangerous out there. It's important that we realize that there are local solutions, and to the extent that you're involved locally, um, and to be able to have and have your own version of understanding. I'm, um, I was with the, I'm still on the club committee for uh, Los, Los Feliz Neighborhood Council. I was on the board there. I'm now on the board in Winneka. We've got two bike ways next to us. We're fighting to get a bike path um, uh, put into DOT after six years of taking, uh, putting in a third lane of traffic on Winneka, but right north of Pierce College, is now talking about taking it back out and putting the bike lane that was promised there a long, long time ago. And I had quorum at my meeting Monday. I would have had the LADOT out there making a presentation. We're going to be doing on December in the neighborhood, in the community. That's the way that LANC works. That's the way neighborhood councils work. We are not here to say blanketly we are going to do a citywide thing. What LANC does, they may take something that's presented from a, from a constituent. We may vote on it. And by the way, um, I'm from Winneka. I'm allowed to vote with, you know, understanding the uh, overall body of work that we've done. I'm chair of. Uh, public work and transportation. We've discussed the road diet in our area uh, many, many different times. Um, things come to here, we may make a recommendation, we may make a motion, but it doesn't mean anything until we send it to a neighbor council. They debate it. They debate it in the committee. They debate it on the board, and then they decide if they're going to have one. Then they do it to be the impact statement. Then it becomes official. So I love the enthusiasm over here. Make sure you go back to the neighbor councils. We, I, I, we may. Um, Whatever we do, the, the, where the rubber hits the road is when it goes back to the local neighbor councils for them to be on the community impact statements. Listen, uh, we have an impossible job here in LA. What we're trying to do with limited resources, limited bandwidth on the roadways, and everything like that, we're trying to, to try to think, find the, the most sustainable thing possible. The most important thing is speak and listen. And let's because I think that in your own neighborhood, you're going to find where it makes sense, which main artery might have room for another lane. Or maybe a secondary street might have room for sheriffs and stuff like that. It's a complex issue, but by talking and listening, then we can make the most amount of impact in our Thank you for coming. Thank you, David. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to postpone this until next month. I want you guys to come back and, Jesse, you're going to do the presentation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Then I want us to work together to make, because I'm hearing from some areas, road diets are perfect. In some areas, it may not be perfect. 
but let's find a common ground so that we can work together to have the best traffic system in the world. That should be our goal. And if part of it includes bike lanes for this, road diets for certain streets, no road diets for other streets, let's all work together. Let's get input from our communities in motion so we can take it to city council and say, we've all worked together. This is what we want to see. We don't want to see willy-nilly where all of a sudden they just throw down uh, a road diet on a major artery like Wilshire Boulevard, where nobody can move. Or the 405, oh, they already did it on the 405. So now that was a bad job. We need to have the pedestrian perspective uh, represented as well, so I'm asking that LA... Well, she's right back there. I'm asking that LA Walks be part of the presentation. Absolutely. Absolutely. All, all you have to do is let me know. My, my email, everybody knows it? L-A-N-C-C at EmpowerLA.org. You send that, it'll get to us. And we want to include you in the conversation. We want to be able to make this a great motion. It's just that, as David was saying, like, we get motions all the time. We just put them on there and then start discussing them. That's how we get a dialogue. It's never no. It's always, sure, we'll put it on there and let's start discussing it. And that's what we want to do with your organization. That's what we want to do with LA Walks, LA Walks correct? Right. Yeah, I want to do that with them, too. I also want to do it with the car people, too. we got to, we got to all work together, and that's what we're going to do. Is, is that fair to say what we can do next month? Yes. Is everybody willing to do that? Yes. Are, are all of us not going to say, well, i got a chip on my shoulder, and it's absolutely no, or are we going to work together? We're not working together? Thank you. All right. We want to work together. Well, I'm going to call LA DOT again, and and we'll, uh, actually Dylan couldn't be here this month. Dylan will be here next month from planning. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll invite the whole world. Tell me who you want. My recommendation, though, is this. We heard the gentleman from Granada Hills talk about supporting the need to talk about fire evacuation specifically. Yes. I don't want to create a, a situation where... Fire evacuation isn't necessarily uh, the same issue as talking about uh, roadway reconfigurations as a tool that LADOT uses throughout the city. I think the troubling thing for me is this that... This is out of order, actually, because we've already... It's not. Yeah. It's, 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 it is. Yeah. Like well, I just want to finish your last comment, sir, because we got we got to move ahead, but we've agreed to come back next month and have a dialogue and a discussion. That's fine, and that's great, but I'm saying that there should also probably be something separate that talks about uh, fire evacuation, because there may be... Why would it be separate, sir, if we're already painting the lines down the road? It's got to be the part of... Because, see, the way we talk about things is that we want to build this train, because once it leaves the station, there's no more reconfiguring it. Which is why my point was it doesn't even necessarily yeah, have to be care asked, like the race is why something should be. Hang on a second. Okay. It's, it's being rude. And we... So we invite the fire department. Yeah. All right. I'll invite the fire department too. They can have their input on it also. You, you got the email. That's the best way to follow yeah. Terrence, Send me your emails. Terrence, I'd like to... I'm sorry. We raised multiple times that their presentation was actually inaccurate, so I just feel like maybe... We... Uh, I, sure, I would say that that was their opinion of her presentation. Okay. How do I know next week, next month, when you guys do it, is that? So both sides come together. If you think it's not factual, 
to your point, next month, and bring data forth. We're trying to work together. I'm not. Oh, okay. Wow. So, um, two, two, number one, um, Lank received 80, 80 emails on this issue. Okay? 77 of them were, were supportive of road diets and traffic calming. Three of, three of them were not. Amongst those emails were some very professional people, attorneys, physicians, whatever, that had some very specific research that was done on this issue. And they did so with very little notice. This e-blast did not go out until yesterday morning. And so there's little time for folks to really know about it, get here, do the research. So yesterday I submitted a uh, proposed amendment to the light standing rules to the chair. And according to the bylaws... Uh, we'll take care of that. A little bit, and we got other stuff. And well, I'll well there's people here. It's only one sentence. I'm going to read it. All right. Motion that the here's the proposed language, and I'm entitled to do this as an officer of Lank. Sure. Motion that Lank standing rules be amended as follows: Lank agenda should be distributed to all neighbor council board members and other interested stakeholders at least five days prior to the regular monthly meetings, and shall be distributed no less than 72 hours prior to the meeting start time. And that would be consistent with the very minimum requirements that we as neighbor council board members have to deal with ourselves. And that way, at least, even though 72 hours is not a lot of notices, it's a hell of a lot better than just 24 hours. Um, I'd add that ideally, um, there are a lot of neighbor councils, every neighbor council has the right to vote on something before their representative votes on it here. Um, so I, th I think that uh, we, we can even try to do better than that. If we know something's up on the horizon, plan it a month in advance. That's what we're doing now. Yeah. You know, but this could be stick to the next month's proposal. That's, that, that's, that's not, Glenn has a very simple proposal. All right, do we right. have a second so, and, and he'll talk, he'll cover it. Do we have a second on it? I'll second it. All right, you got a second. Any comments? <laughs> All right, well, uh, uh, as I was saying, um, I think <coughs> that you may want to consider. Excuse me? I was recognized by the floor. Tony interrupted. I was recognized by the floor. Tony interrupted me. Uh, All right, David, David just focus here, David. David, David, focus. Um, I'm I'm supportive of the idea, and I think that we can even try to do more with having some target topics lined up uh, um, uh, a month in advance, so that boards have time to meet on it before, um, uh, well before the meeting and deliberate it, just like we asked EWP to do. Absolutely. All right, great, Bob. We've all had a lot of fun today. I'm just not sure. Glenn, did you say five days? Did you say three days? I heard you say seven. Five days and seventy-two hours. What's the five days? I said um, the, the I said uh, should for the five days, but then I said shall for the seventy-two hour sure. at least at least seventy-two hours, and that's a very modest achievable. Proposal. If people want to add, have more notice, I'm all for that. But I, I at a very minimum, want to make sure people have okay, enough. So my question is. So the, the so the goal the goal is to have five days because it should. All right. One is. All right. Any more comments? All right. Pull for the vote. No. I'm taking the vote, Bob. So, all those in favor of it for five days, seventy-two hours. 
Are we supposed to vote? If you're with the neighbor council. Eighteen. We got eighteen. So that is the count. Anybody opposed? Bob's one. No, we give it him. That's what I call abstentions. Sorry, Sid. Two. All right, we got the eighteen two or eighteen one two, just like we did before. Yes, ma'am. Well, no, because I looked at and saw, and I only counted the ones. That's how I knew I had the 18, two, 18 one, and two. Mr. Chair, could I make a comment? Yes. Okay. The reason, uh, the comment I was going to make before you immediately had the vote was, what happens if we have a meeting and this announcement failed to go out? For example, I'm not aware that I got an agenda announcement for this meeting three days ago. Maybe it went out, maybe it didn't. I don't have any record. Well, I guess if it doesn't go out, we don't have a meeting. No. That's kind of well, what it says. That's why I would vote against we it. We get a black star if it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. This is not a brown act meeting. All right. We get a black star. Okay. okay. So, so we have a policy, which All is right. what it should have said, not shall. All okay. right. Well, we'll do better, but no, I, also, I also need for. Right. I just want to say one thing. A lot of the times, the reasons why the agendas go out late is because of city departments and their scheduling and trying to get staff out here. They usually they usually contact me on Thursday and say, "Okay, we got staff by." But there's not many you know. that you failed on this. Right. Most of the time, we get three. Okay. Right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we got to move on. I'd like to add that the distribution list often goes out to board members of all neighborhood councils. Sometimes a board member may not like it and they'll hit unsubscribe. <laughs> everybody on the board neighborhood council along with them will be unsubscribed. Yeah, that's you why, have, you have department that's why that we one. have individual addresses out there too, so that you can only unsubscribe for yourself. Yeah. All right. And Mike, also, yeah. also, if your neighbor council is not sending a representative here, ask to be designated as a representative or an alternate for your neighbor council so that your neighborhood council will be represented here. So Absolutely. you'll be able to vote. But I'd love to see all you guys next month here. And we're going to work on something else. So send me emails. Yes, sir? And what is that date? Uh, what is it, the 5th? First, first, first Saturday. We're always the first Saturday at 10 a.m. Okay. Holidays or not, we are here. After the DWP meeting. After the, exactly. Either Jack or Tony. And actually, if you all go back and ask to be a representative tonight, it would be great. Because one of my mantras is you don't have to be on the board to be an active participant in your neighborhood council. And so these special representatives to groups are a great way to get an official role with your Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group.